Oh, about two years ago, I believe it was about two years ago, um, as a staff, I took the guys through a book called Unoffendable and how this author um, stated that uh, uh, Brant Hansen, he believes that believers should not be offended and that we don't even have a righteous anger or a righteous right to be offended with anger. And he said Jesus had that right because he was the son of God and perfect. So we went through this uh, line by line, and it was really good. And then years ago, I think this is probably the best book that John Bevere had, has ever written, period. Um, it's called The Bait of Satan, Picking Up Offense and Allowing That Offense to Produce Unforgiveness and, and to Rock Your Life. So anyway, these are two really good resources and a little bit of what's in there is in my message today, but I just really want to speak to your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to help you understand how important it is that we deal with offenses. And I was watching a documentary, and it was about World War II, and a Japanese pilot who was training other pilots, and he was considered a national hero, he taught pilots how to be uh, not only great flyers, but to take and drive their planes and commit suicide and crash into ships of the Americans and different ones, the British. And this guy in 1944, I believe, had two major bombs in his plane that he took to Brookings, Oregon. And he was going to drop those bombs on that city, on that port area there, but he wanted to create a massive forest fire that would spread throughout Oregon and run down California. So he went and he dropped both those bombs. But they ended up being duds. They didn't do what they wanted. But he knew that he had killed many people, used his pilots to kill many people. And after the war, even though Japan lost, he went back to being a machinist. Well, in 1961, he got a letter in the mail from Brookings, Oregon, the Chamber of Commerce there, asking him to come to their city. They wanted some reconciliation, and they felt it was time because they knew that he was the pilot that had dropped those bombs. And they did cause some fires, but not like they were supposed to. He had been almost in a depression prior to that, thinking about war and what it did not only to him, not, to his, not only to his fellow countrymen, but to the ones that he had actually hurt and bombed. And he thought, well, if I go there, they could file charges on me for what I did, and I don't think I should. So he weighed this. He thought, is this a gimmick to get me over there? And friends told him we wouldn't go. They could keep you with war crimes or whatever. Finally, he made the decision, I'm going to go. 
because he couldn't live with what was going on. He had an offense during the war, but he felt like the people of Brookings had an offense against him. And they were probably going to unleash on him. When he got off the plane in the airport, there were hundreds of people cheering, clapping, blowing whistles. They brought him a gift and welcomed him to their city. And they said, we have brought you here. We have a parade for you. We want to bring reconciliation between you and our nation, our city. And he couldn't believe it. He just wept. But he had brought something that had been in his family for 400 years, a samurai sword. It had been used in battle. It was very precious. But he presented it to the city as a gift. And he said what had been used for war and destruction would now be a reminder of reconciliation and peace. I give you that example today because I believe some of us are holding on to offenses. Some of us have picked up offenses. Some of us are running to others with our offenses, and we're causing division. How many know this nation is divided like never before? It really is. And a book that I just finished reading, and I would recommend this book to anybody, The Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception, Volume 2, J.B. Hickson, H-I-X-S-O-N. This book will rock your world to see what's going on in the world and in our country. The evil, demonic stuff that is happening to produce division, I mean, it talks about President Trump how he was a pawn for the elite in the world to do what they wanted him to do, and now they're done with him? He may not have thought that. It talks about elections and what happens with elections, what's happened in the past. There are powerful people pulling strings, and you know what? You and I are not going to change that aspect. That's not to make it hopeless. I want you to understand, there is a one-world government coming. It's going to happen. Scripture's very clear. But this is so educational. To see how it's going to be done, from the sex slavery that's going on, to the pluralism that's happening around the world, pluralism meaning all religions are all going the same direction to produce one way to quote their God. How Luciferians, worshipers of the devil, are behind a lot that's going on. And how pride, the enemy's pride, Satan was cast out of heaven because of pride. It's our pride that allows us to keep an offense, to hang on to it as we justify how we feel. And we use that pride to stay angry and bitter and be divisive. 
Honestly, as believers, we are to pray for this country. We are to pray for leadership. But we are to be about our Father's business and not get so bogged down with what's going to happen despite whatever we say or do. Come on now. I'm trying to help you out this morning. I believe it's in the book Unoffendable. It says, you have a choice not to be offended. It's the very first paragraph in the book. You have a choice not to get offended. And those closest to you can offend you the most. Amen? Look at your spouse and say, it's you. Luke 17, 1 says, and he said to his disciples, temptations to sin are sure to come. We are all going to be tempted. Amen? But woe to the one through whom they come. 1 Corinthians 8, 1 and verse 9. I've got them written down here. Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love's, love builds up. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. It's a whole story here in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 about, is it okay to eat food offered to idols? Sure. But be careful as you eat that you don't offend somebody with your action. Come on. There are things as mature, growing believers that we don't do so that we don't offend a younger believer. I was at a family member's house, and I went to get something out of the refrigerator, and there was a bunch of alcohol in there. And I looked in, and I thought, whoa. And I'm trying to find it, and I, I closed the door, and I looked over, and they looked at me, and they were like, <laughs> what they were thinking is, didn't know you were going to open up our refrigerator. And they said, uh, we do that in moderation. I didn't say anything. Went on with visiting, but before I left, I said, hey, I got a question for you. If you saw me without alcohol and you saw me drinking that, how would you feel? devastated because you're the last person I would ever think that would drink that. That's how I feel right now. I just wanted to let you know. Not coming down, I'm just saying that feeling you would have about me and I don't want to stumble anybody because I know we have drinkers and I know we have smokers and I know that we, but listen to me. As you mature, as you grow, there are things God may remove out of your life. Let him remove them, amen? Because you don't know who God's going to bring into your life to make a difference. Here's what we have to do. First point today is this. We have to decide to forgive. We have to decide to forgive. 
Stop feeling entitled to be angry because of the offense. Can I say that again? We have to stop feeling entitled to be angry. You said that about me. You did this to me. You, th- you don't even know what was going on in that person's life. You don't know circumstances. But for some of us, we feel entitled to be mad. The Bible says we are to turn the other cheek, forgive, and move on. Everybody say amen. amen. Not only forgive, we need to let it go. We need to practice forgetting. Have you ever had somebody in your life, they don't forget a mistake you made? Don't nudge them right now. They can remember every mistake. When you said it, how you said it, forgive and forget. Let go. Oh, my gosh. When Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment of all? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul. Love God with all. But I'm going to add to it, Jesus said, and love your neighbor as yourself. If those are the greatest things to do, why is it that we hang on to stuff against our spouse, against our parents, against our neighbors, against co-workers, extended family members? I know people have wounded and hurt you. I know they have done some monstrous things, terrible things. But at some point, you have to forgive, let go, and move on. Or it will eat you up from the inside out. I wrote this down. We have to choose to stop dwelling on the hurt so that we can enjoy the peace of God. Anybody here ever been hurt? Let me see your hand. Wow, we've got some angels here that have never been hurt. If you're human, you're going to be hurt. Amen? People are going to wound you. Psalm 55, 12 through 14 says, For it is not an enemy who taunts me, then I could bear it. It is not an adversary who deals insolently with me, then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. Isn't that about the truth? It's somebody usually really close to us that can hurt us the most. So I want you to think about this and maybe write it on your outline this morning. Who has hurt or wounded you the deepest? Who has hurt or wounded you the deepest? Just put their initials there if you know their initials. Usually it's family or people closest to us, a trusted friend, coworker, spouse, parent, child, another person in business. Who has hurt or wounded you to the deepest? We see throughout Scripture people getting offended, people getting rejected. I remember kindergarten, first grade, and second grade when I stuttered so badly 
and it would take a minute just to get one word out of me, and they would work with me in speech therapy. I was there twice, three times a week trying to get me, and the more excited I got, the more I stuttered. And kids would make fun of me, and they would come to class and say that, Owen, you know. And kids could be mean, but, you know, it was funny to them. They were little, but it wasn't funny to me. And one guy was always mimicking me. Lunchtime, recess, he'd come around and do it. And as a kid, man, I was so upset with him. I just wanted to clean his clock. But he was bigger, stronger, and a year older. And I knew I couldn't do it. But finally, they helped me. They worked with me. And got me through that. I really believe it was from the trauma that I lived in my own home and all the terrible things that took place with police coming 11 times and all these different things. That trauma produced such fear in me to where, but I thank God that he is faithful because it gave, what it did is instead of me staying offended, it gave me more love and compassion for others that struggled with the same type of thing. And when kids would make fun of kids in classes that, that were called POEs and, 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 and struggled with major handicaps, and they would make, I would stop them. I said, don't make fun of them. Because that hurt that they feel is real. Because the ones we love the most can hurt us the worst. Matthew 24, 10 through 14 there. In the last days, it says, many will be offended. And then many will fall away. Come on, I believe we're walking in this. People just walking away from God. Walking away from marriages. Walking away from jobs. Just walking away. Getting offended, getting upset. And the problem is they get offended and then they go and tell many other people and they cause division. You see me talk about this time and time again, but it's so important that we get this, that we understand what's going on. So Pat and Natalie, come up here and stand. Pat's like, what? Just face each other and hold hands right here in the middle. I know you don't like holding her hand, Pat, but you can do it. He does. He likes it. Okay. So, let's, this is a marriage, and these two have had some intense fellowship. And they're not happy with each other. Now, God gives them grace to forgive one another because they're the offended parties. Grace to forgive and move on. But when Natalie turns around, let go and turn around, Owen, do you know what Pat did to me? Pat, you turn around. Owen, do you know what Natalie did to me? And ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. Well, 
I went to school with Pat. We go all the way back to elementary school. She did what? <laughs> to you, my friend? We sang in the choir together. We played baseball. I can't believe a woman in this world would treat the kind of guy you are like that. So I pick up Pat's offense. God didn't give me grace to be in the middle of that. But I've shared it. He shared it with me, and I picked up what says, but turn around and face each other, hold hands again. But that night, because they're married, they forgive one another, and they have a great night together. Go ahead and sit down. But I'm still upset with Natalie for what she's done to my friend. Why? Because I picked up an offense I was not supposed to pick up. And this is what we do all the time. We run to our mamas. We run to our daddies. We run to our... Ba- our and and we, we unleash this garbage when God says, why don't you both just take it to me and trust me to start working on you? Come on now. We made a deal that we would not run to our parents and unload our stuff because here's what's happened. Here's what happens. Her mom picks up her offense against me, and then we make up, we go on, but then when something else happens and she tells her mom, now she's got two offenses, and by the third or fourth, she is literally hating me. But we do this in the body of Christ. Did you know that I tried to get out of the parking lot at church? And you know that one guy? He's a big bruiser. You know, he's kind of, I think he's a bully. He, He pulled his truck right in front of me. And when I came to church and looked at him, he just smiled real big at me. I think he's cocky, arrogant. And where's he at? Oh, he's right over there. This is what we do. And we we bring division instead of taking it to God. I was down at McCord's the other day, and I was getting my cherry Coke and having a really good day at lunch, and I'm walking out, and I go to my car, and somebody hit my car. And my bumper was pulled out. And I'm like, you got to be kidding I went, oh, my gosh, Lord, they didn't even leave a note. And I'm like, and I called Shaloi, and she says, are you serious? Oh, my goodness, what's that going to (laughs) cost? And I'm driving back to the church, and the Lord says, Owen, I got this. It's okay. And the Lord said, go see Buddy, Buddy Martin. So I drive to West Point, and I drive all the way over to Buddy. And Buddy's sitting over here. And I, he, he's sitting at his desk doing it. I sit down there. He goes, well, hey, Pastor, what's going on? Not a lot of good right now, brother. And I told him, he comes out. He looks at my car. He goes, it's not a problem. Gets a few tools, pop, 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 poop, 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 poop. I think it's fixed. 
I love you more, more than yesterday. And, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. He goes, if you have a problem, come back and see me. If you want free work, come and see Buddy. That's, no, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> he owns an auto repair shop, but a body shop. But I didn't get really mad. I'm like, Lord, everything's fixable. But you know, I could have let it just ruin everything in that day. We have to be careful. Decide to forgive. So important. If we don't, I want to keep reading here out of Matthew 24. And many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. Come on now. I'm seeing so much hate, discouragement. I'm starting to wonder, did COVID mess with our brains? Honestly. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. Well, you could be a false prophet and be attending the church and bring about division. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. I was doing some premarital counseling this morning, and I was talking with a couple, and I was sharing with them that this is your first marriage, and that's so important to make it really your only marriage because people that have been married once, gotten divorced, get married again, gotten divorced, get married again, they get a little jaded. Their trust factor is not near as high as it once was. Now, you can tell me it is, but I'm telling you, time and history, for what I've seen, you get a little, your trust factor is not what it once was. And I said, you have to be careful to learn to forgive one another, extend forgiveness, communicate, and don't make a mountain out of a molehill. Come on now. Some of you parents are making mountains out of molehills. You know that child. You know their personality. You know if they're a follower or a leader. You know if they're in certain situations how they respond. So don't make a mountain out of it and say, you're not doing that. If it's a molehill and you're pretty sure they're going to respond in a good way, just let them do it. But don't make it a mountain. Don't be so demanding that they can't stand you. Come on. Don't provoke them to anger. The love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end, everybody say endure to the end, will be saved, and the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. We are to be busy proclaiming proclaiming the good news until Jesus comes, and we've got such a great platform to do it. Each and every day. Proverbs 18, 19 says, A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city. 
Think about that. A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city, and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. I'm telling you, offense will lead to hatred. It will lead to hatred. It will cause a stronghold in your life, and you've got to learn to forgive and turn the other cheek. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. Let me say that again. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't wage war according to... Though we are constantly surrounded by humans, they are not really your enemy. There's a spiritual battle. The devil went to the garden to undo God's plan because he'd been pitched out of heaven because of his pride. He caused it to happen, and God didn't say, right now I'm going to kill Adam and Eve. I'm going to destroy them because they've sinned, they disobeyed. No, our Father in heaven didn't keep the offense. He said, I'm going to put you out of the garden, and I'm going to make a way for you to be restored. Come on now. There are consequences, but yet it isn't forever. Hello? we got to remember that. For the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to Christ. If you wish you were not married to the person that you are married to, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to help you out. That is the spirit of murder. I heard some teaching on marriage a long time ago, and a man made that statement. I thought, oh, that is good. And the pastor's wife came forward during the prayer time. I believe it was cleansing stream. And she came forward to me, and she said, I many times wish I would not have married this man. And it is a spirit of murder. I don't want him in my life I'm here to confess that. I want to be delivered from that. Come on now. If that doesn't prick your heart. I wish I'd never had that child. Spirit of murder. Be careful what you say. So you've got to decide to forgive. Show empathy and grace to others. Anger does not produce the righteousness Jesus wants. Men's egos, their pride, stop us from making a difference and push us to try to be right with pride. Why is it in our marriages and in, in relationships we have to prove ourselves right? That's nothing more than pride. Why don't you bite the bullet, turn the other cheek and say, okay, I am sorry. I want to make amends. It's just, let's just work on peace here. This world is running to embrace hell at the speed of light. And evil, evil is running and making people very angry. Very angry. There are times in your life you gotta embrace the hurt, amen? I told that to Shloy the other day, I said, baby, you just need to really think about the hurt, whatever it is, and you need to go and embrace it. 
she walked over and gave me a big hug. It didn't dawn on me what she was doing until later. Sometimes you've got to embrace the hurt. Come on now. We've got to love those that have wounded or hurt us. I realize it takes time, but you know what? You are supposed to do that. Stand with me this morning. We'll get to depending on the Holy Spirit next week, but... I want everybody to say the word pause. I want you to remember that because when I see what the world's doing and I see what other people are doing, even believers to one another in their own marriages, whatever, I just have to tell myself pause when I see the sin, the pride, the arrogance, the self-righteousness. Pause, Owen, just pause. Because I get angry about the sin and what's going on. But then I go back to that scripture that says, my righteousness, oh, and your righteousness is as filthy rags. My righteousness is as filthy rags. I don't want to be self-righteous. I just want to help. I want to forgive. You look at somebody and you say, I, they did this to me, and I can't stand them. I don't want to be around them. They hurt me. But what about your gluttony? Next week, we're going to talk about the six sins in Proverbs that God hates. Do you know adultery is not in there? It's not in there. Do you know murder is not in there? The six sins that God hates. There's even a seventh. We tend to categorize things that we think are important, but God's like, man, you're gluttony, you're unforgiveness, you're holding things against others. I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's the first step, receiving Christ today. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Let him know you believe that he's the Son of God. But I want you to stay with me the next couple of weeks as we walk through this. Because I feel like the Lord can bring about some really good healing, but with nobody looking around, Eyes closed. You'll be honest this morning. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not even going to ask you to. I'm just. You say, Owen, I really have held on to offense. Through my hurt, through my wound, whatever it is, I've held on to offense. Nobody, look. would you just lift your hand and say, that is me this morning. Oh, my gosh, hands going up everywhere. Man, over half the people. Anybody else I have held on? Wronged, not promoted, not, yeah, just put it back down. 
We're going to deal with this. It's very important. God wants to set you free, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I've been praying all week, Lord, show me any offense. Show me anything that's there that I've been hanging on to. Because I want to deal with it. So, Lord, help us to love others, to extend your grace and mercy, not to pick up somebody else's offense. We can stand for righteousness, but we don't need to get in the middle of where you're going to work it out and we're going to hang on to it while they walk on loving and caring for one another because they have forgiven. So be with us, Jesus. Give us strength. We ask it in Jesus' name.